as if a million lives called out at once and then were suddenly silenced. <laughs> but before that, there was Andor. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, before that, there was Rogue One, and before that, there was Andor. Yeah, so this is yeah. a prequel to Rogue. Are we doing? Is this is this a show? The cold, Are we? The Cold Open is a prequel to the podcast. I just think, yeah, yeah, we've we've done a prequel to the prequel of the podcast. Like yeah, was, just like an opening is a prequel to the podcast. Andor is a prequel yeah. to Rogue One, which is a prequel to Star Wars. Wait, aren't they all called Star Wars though? I think the first one was originally just called Star Wars, right? No, it's called Star Wars: A New Hope. No, I think that was added like after the fact. Was it really? I don't, I'm pretty sure that like when you no? went to theaters. Okay. Well, isn't that when people saw it? I don't know. I was negative. I was negative 15 years old. No yeah. one, no one on this call was alive. Did you hear the? Okay, this is. I know this is a thing that goes around a lot. But there's one that absolutely destroyed me. It was that the first Macintosh is closer to World War II than it is to today. And it's true. Is it? I did the math. Did, how how old really is rude. the first Macintosh? When is that from? Uh, the 80s. Oh, okay. 84, I think. Yeah, that well, makes sense then because that's yeah, like the, less than. Yeah, no, I get it. But wait a minute. Who's yeah, even here? Hi, I'm yeah. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm Forrest. <laughs> We're professionals. Hi, I'm yeah, hi, I'm Brent. We are professionals. I uh-huh. get paid to not do this, though. Well, I get paid ah. by the minute, which explains a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm a professional something else and just not a professional podcaster. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. You expect too much of me, Forrest. Yeah, so we watched uh, the first couple episodes of Andor. Heard of it? <laughs> which is, which is, as I found out after the fact, kind of a problem because there, it's like when we were really we, we ran out of time is what is is what it was. But they run that first three episode is like a is an internal arc. Yes, like would have helped maybe give us a better sense Bro, of what the, we, we had to watch three episodes and we watched two. Yeah, we didn't have yeah, to do I've, anything. I've noticed this trend in shows where they do kind of like mini arcs now, like Arcane was released in three three episode arcs. And it really, you know, I think, you know, humans love things that come in three. So uh, I think it works well That's as a true. format of a show. So. Yeah. So Brent, or, uh, sorry. So Dane, can you like, you're the master, you know what's going on, right? You've mm. seen it all. Is that what call, qualifies him as the master? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us, like, can you give us a little bit of insight into, like, what happens? Can you describe the first three episodes? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh. Yeah, uh, don't, but sh- don't go beyond. I don't want to know anything after that. Yeah. So the story starts off with uh, Andor on a planet looking for his sister. Who's Andor? Uh, and Cassie and Andor, uh, who was adopted by Marva Andor. Um, Not to be no, confused no with no the fucking, planet Endor. No fucking way. Well, is, is it Marva? Oh, it is Marva. It is Marva. Are you yeah, doubting? I Forrest just called me the master. Yeah, yeah, uh, but we we always doubt you, Dane. It's kind of a yes. Thing. It's true. It's kind of a bit. Yeah. I'm not um, doubting you. And uh, <laughs> well, fine. But I am. People, first people <laughs> are first introduced to Andor in our chronology in the movie Rogue One, where he is kind of seen as this willing to do anything for the rebellion murders a man in cold blood within like the first five minutes of the movie to keep uh, secrets for the rebellion and willing to assassinate Jin Erso's father to keep, you know, to, to basically uh, are, are we supposed do whatever to know who it takes Jin for the rebellion. Erso is? 
Uh, I'm I can't like do the six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing with everyone oh. in Star Wars. Okay, That's, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah that point, would take a that would take a while. Yeah, at some point it is on us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, so, so the problem we, is, is I do I do know who that is. I'm just being obnoxious. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we see him as a man, kind of just gets involved in something by accident. He accidentally kills two uh, security officers. And so he is trying to escape and we don't exactly know too much of his past. Uh, we're thrown, shown through flashbacks that he was apparently on a forest planet that the Imperial forces were mining. And there's not really a lot of details provided. There's no parents for some reason. I will say that gets fleshed out a little bit more in the next episode and you kind of have a better understanding for him. And uh, yeah, overall, the show... Flashbacks are all in a different language. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's part, I think, I think Andor definitely puts a lot of onus on the viewer to kind of put details together themselves. It is not a show that gives you everything on a silver platter. There is not a lot of exposition at any point in the show. It's very much, which is, I think, typical in like a Star Wars thing where like, oh, here's me talking about this Star Wars, you know, fantastical sci-fi jargon stuff. And it's a very, it's a very it's, it's very a, show not tell. Yes, for sure. Say. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um yeah. yeah. So the show at a level, we know that there are going to be two seasons of Andor. The first season covers um five BBY, and the second season will cover uh and it kind of takes place over the course of a year, and the second season will cover four BBY up into the events of Rogue One. So uh, uh, I'm I'm sorry, what is for BBY. Uh, so BBY stands for uh, before Battle of Yavin. So the Battle oh, of Yavin okay. I'm, is. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. The event in Star Wars Episode Four where they destroy yep. the Death Star. Yep, yep, yep. I just didn't know what the acronym was. Yep. All right. So I'm not sure I really understand. So in the the first three episodes, then if you could like it sum it up, it would be uh, origins myths, where he came from, why he's going on this quest if you will yeah so what's about to happen in the third episode is in his attempt to escape from the authorities he's going to come across a man who i he originally gets tied up with as the the person who he's supposed to get the funds from but ultimately gets wrapped in a kind of series of espionage that is funding the the early rebellion Um, and that's scars guard right correct Okay, Mister sits on who the, is the maybe bust. one of the best Star Wars characters ever written, as you will see. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I want to ask more, but then it would spoil it, so I won't. Yeah, I wish I'd watch more slash watch the entire series, but I don't know. I'm trying to think about like things that I liked or appreciated from the first couple episodes. I mean, right away they put you in. And the scene where Cassian Andor, like at the very beginning, when I think, Dane, you described it as he has to, or he accidentally kills those two police officers. It's really one that he accidentally kills. And then the second, because of circumstance, he just ends up having to kill him. As you were saying, like, this is very show, don't tell. Like, none of that is made explicit. You just figure that out as the audience. Also, this really has nothing to do with anything. But I really like the... uh, giant anvil guy who is telling oh, time. Yeah. Yeah, i really hope the system that they use to tell time is called hammer time 
Oh uh, uh, not to spoil anything, but um, you will be later satisfied <laughs> with something. That goes somewhere? That The hammer guy goes somewhere? Yeah, it goes somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. <That's> awesome. <laughs> okay, great. Because he has awesome. like that whole ritual dance and prep he does with the deep breathing exercises. He, he's really into that job. Yeah. Yeah, Ferrix is definitely, uh, you know, it's so nice. He has a name. As someone who consumes a lot of, uh, no, Ferrix is the planet. Uh, as someone oh. who consumes a lot of Star Wars, it's nice to get off Tatooine for once and yeah, really, go though. to a world where they actually spent a lot of time developing a culture within the planet yeah, i'm not gonna lie to you it really it's really upsetting that is that you didn't just list the the hammer guy's name i don't know if he's he might be named like the credit somewhere but i don't know his name off the top of my head yeah, he, I mean, he's kind are... of nameless he's kind of like you know a symbolization of the people of ferrix yeah and i mean like there's a lot of character they throw a lot of characters at you really quickly and a lot of them aren't even really named at all like Basically, all the children on Canari, which is the name of the planet, right? Canari is uh, Andor's homeworld, yes. Yes, not to be confused with Endor, a forest planet. <laughs> yeah. Why did they pick us such a dumb name? Andor? Cassian Andor? Yes. I, I mean, is it, arguably, is it, most Star Wars names are dumb, so... Yeah, is it well, any more fair. or less dumb than any other fake name? No... It, it is, and the only reason it is is because it sounds like Endor, and I honestly thought this oh, show oh, was oh. about the planet Endor, and I, or, fair. well, the moon of Endor, and I was like, I don't I uh, don't think I want to watch that show, and then it turns out I was wrong, because while everyone was saying Andor, it sure sounds like Endor if you're not paying attention. Yeah, I actually made the same mistake, but I also don't really know that much about Star Wars, so I'm just like, oh yeah. That's the one thing I know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've gleaned more information than I was ever really conscious of. And now I have like this weird parcel of knowledge that still is pretty incomplete compared to yeah, all I'm the not, deep divers. I'm not sure if it's like because I consume so many video games as a kid, but I definitely absorb lore from things like a sponge. And, uh, yeah, so, no, I mean, that makes sense. What do you all think about uh, what's the what's the character's name? The police guy the young police guy fascist oh, kyle mclaughlin oh, yeah <laughs> mr hitler i just call himself. him fascist boy yeah fascism boy does he have He's like they yeah, maybe my name favorite name. character i hate to say it but your old car <laughs> oh they didn't give us a name to me he was just the deputy inspector yeah i mean i get why he would be your favorite he's by far the most interesting thing going on i'm sorry to say like andor the most I've gotten out of his character so far is like, I sleep around and I am also a thief. Yeah, but I get Wait, the feeling that's the just... around part. <laughs> he mentioned they, no, they're all talking Marvel. about it all the time. Yeah, yeah Marvel, they're all talking about Marvel. like yo, you, yo, you and your women. Yeah, Marva mentions that. They all do. Like several characters do, and that's what makes uh, Mister Jealous Boyfriend I, Jealous. I actually boyfriend didn't man. catch that. <laughs> oh, well, it's the two things I know about him. He's a thief and he sleeps around. Uh, whereas Mr. Hitler Youth himself is, at least is driving the plot forward with his doggish devotion to what he thinks of as justice. Yeah. I, I get the feeling really that intense. like episode three, he's going to get his justice certs. <laughs> and then yeah. might not be like a character. That strike, but... that strike team might get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Hope so. He is, well, he, we'll find he out. He is fun. 
he is fun to watch though like his conversation with the chief inspector was by far one of the more interesting points because chief inspector man is like uh there are gray areas and sometimes we have to cover things up to not cause problems and i need you to be okay with that and he's there in his self-tailored uniform twitching like (laughs) bursting out of his skin Mm-hmm. yeah he was such a i mean like you know exactly what his deal is i think the only thing i don't like about him is that he might be too much of a cartoon like he might just be like too cartoonishly evil <laughs> well but... what if i told you he was really kind to his mother and <laughs> and he uh, is really good with animals and he runs a runs a shelter really really funny because his mother's actually a character that's introduced later oh my oh, god oh my god <laughs> i thought i don't know why but i assumed that this was some kind of like like conservative dog whistle talking point that that that, that has been made about shooters or something no and it that's is that's what I was... oh, okay because yeah. i was like this is yeah. <laughs> That is what I was going for, but then Dane tells me that's actually a plot point. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. mm." There are some people that thought his mother was one of the best characters in the show, so. Oh, boy. Now I'm excited by that. That sounds fun. But, She's she's like either a subversion of what you expect her to be because of how he's presented, or... Uh, We'll see. I would definitely be interested to watch You'll have to watch the show. Your banter's fun. Also, there are more... It's very it's very interesting how they do the show. So like I said, it's kind of done in three acts. Or four, I guess, because I think it's 12 episodes. And it kind of... Each one is kind of like... They're almost like rings or something. They kind of like zoom out more and more. It's, uh, it's, it's a very well done show. You just got to watch more of it. Well, we will. I think that's our intention in the long run. Another thing that I think the show does well is just like Dane has already mentioned is the literal sprinkling in of culture. Like there was that one scene where we were all just like staring at the wall of gloves being like, what am I looking at? What, why is this a thing? And again, they show us, they don't tell us, they just start having, but are they miners or do we assume there's some sort of mining operation? No. So there it's like a giant scrapyard planet. Oh, Okay. Uh, is and it's uh, ruled over by the master of games. <laughs> no, they've managed to kind of remain. Um, there's a semi mild uh, empirical presence there, but not too much. Yeah, right. Because what we've got, I also really liked that. So the, the empire so far in the two episodes we watched are a, a privatized security force, which is exactly what fascism is so i was like oh very well very good yes very good yeah (laughs) it's the early days of the empire for those people who are very familiar with the timeline like the imperial senate is still a thing Um, well the imperial senate's a thing up until episode four yes exactly and you the series does also introduce the character mon mothma so oh okay is why why is her name moth it's uh it's just a fantasy thing man i just don't get it like what was george doing over there so we're so the rebellion doesn't actually exist yet it's in its loose infancy yeah so i don't want to spoil anything but yeah the, 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 it's unnamed and um oh okay really that's yeah. the key component 
because I was also confused when we were heading into this. I was of the opinion that Cassian Andor was are like from birth part of the rebellion, but apparently that's not the case. Well, yeah, uh, all, I think I think uh, one of the security guys has a comment about like there's formations or something like that. So formations of uprising. Oh, fomenting and fo- yeah, yeah, they're fomenting yeah. rebellion. Yeah, without they didn't want to say the word rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird phrasing that that guy used. It's like this fomenting. <laughs> I thought so, he said. I thought he said fermentation. No, I mean it's a similar word, but no, the subtitles definitely said fomenting. Weird. Well, I mean it's yeah, it's a weird <laughs> choice of that, words. But... That's Brent's contribution to the conversation. <laughs> weird, bro. I'm well. I decided to do a little forest. You know what I mean? Yeah, just <laughs> someone's got to do it. Here. Pop in and arbitrate. Yeah. Now, Forrest, you are actually, I think, Forrest and Adam, you are both st- Trekkies over Star Wars, correct? I'm also a Trekkie. Oh, over I Star mean, Wars. over like, what does that mean? Can we, can we just, yeah, like, that's right. I prefer you know. Star Trek to Star Wars, but yeah, I, prefer, yeah, I also Star, prefer, I also prefer Star Trek to Star Wars. But there is definitely something when you're talking about show, don't show, don't tell. Um, and that's definitely oh, well, a Star yeah. Wars thing. I mean, I think that's yeah, a negative Star Trek's thing. Star not good Trek. at that. It's not. It's yeah. not good at show don't tell. It's tell and never show. <laughs> it's tell, and we don't well, have a budget this, for that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the stuff's really expensive that they're talking about. Yeah, I think also. I, mean, I think we've had yeah, this conversation right. on previous things. Is that Star Wars isn't sci-fi? It's it's no, fantasy. It's, fantasy. it's just got yeah. like a futuristic, sciency yeah. flavor to it. But it's yeah. a long time ago. And that's also why I didn't want to do present it as like this versus that because you know they're they're playing in different they're playing in different spaces. It's like you know do you prefer <laughs> fantasy or cookbooks. Like the question doesn't even make sense. <laughs> um, that's fair. I'm wondering yeah, if we should not to not to like pee in the punch bowl. I don't even know if that expression applies to what I'm about to say. Um, uh, we'll but I'm wondering out. if we should finish Andor and then edit these two episodes together and have like a flashback. Here's what we thought at first. Here's what we think now. Dur, oh, dur, that, dur, dur, that kind of thing. Is the concern yeah. that we don't have enough to say right now? That's my concern for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of my thoughts are like, wow, I want to know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I, I mean, I do have criticisms. I mean, like, there's not too, too many because I don't want to, like, jump down its throat if its whole thing is it's going to explain it later on to me. But, like, I just, there's some weird stuff going on with the show where I'm just like, um, I don't feel like I get what you're going for. And most of the time, mm-hmm. it's with the little stuff like Jealous Boyfriend Man. I'm just like, what are we doing with this? Do we just need somebody available to turn in Cassian no, so the yeah, you gotta plot could go somewhere? Yeah, you got to turn on. You got to have like the the jealous boyfriend. You got to have the one person. It's like it's like in a zombie story when somebody gets bit and they just and they hide it. Count. Yeah, yeah. You need that one. But class I don't like trader, that. You know? Oh yeah, yeah got to have class. That traders. is that is a class traitor. There you go. Why would you yeah. not tell? I would tell. What's gonna happen? You guys blow my brains out prematurely. Like, fuck it. We're all dead anyway. Thanks. Yeah. I don't think I want to live through a zombie apocalypse. Let's let's be honest. Let's so, be fucking for real right now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck living through I, a zombie apocalypse. 
I would say the other thing that I want, it's not a criticism because I don't actually know what happens, but I hope either his sister becomes a character or or something. I don't know. I just feel like it's weird that she it's it's technically it's like kind of all about her but you don't know anything about her at all right like she's the MacGuffin, but we have no invest emotional investment in her right but i just feel like that's just we haven't gotten there yet like you're supposed to care because it's a sister don't you understand you just you're supposed to the ties that bind and it's like i i don't i don't think we do you can't just present that information right but again i don't want to present that as criticism because i don't actually know what happens that's true. I mean, she she might be a fully fleshed out character by the end of the season, but for now, it's just like she's out there. She's she's a person. Mm-hmm. I promise. You can believe me. I, I wouldn't make her up. You can believe me. There's, Brent, what do you? She, what's your criticism? <laughs> Give me one benefit and one drawback. <laughs> we want to we want a cost benefit analysis, please. Yeah, we need to quantify the show for uh, our audience to consume. Uh, um, oh, you shot him. He's dying. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> he's even getting quieter. I noticed that. He's getting farther and farther. He's like leaning further further back in his chair. It's uh, it's me like walking out like I've left the house. <laughs> right. Uh, um... Yeah, we find we find like he, has, he pops up on some other like Google Maps being like Brent is playing Pokemon Go. I mean, you're not far off, but I'm constantly doing that anyway. It's like a mental. You're just always um, playing Pokemon Go. No, not Pokemon Go, but I'm always doing multiple things. It's it's a little bit easier for my brain to be idle with an no, activity. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. No, when I podcast, I'm walking around in like kite circles <laughs> <laughs> so that I don't accidentally just like start doing things on the Internet and forget what what, it, what, like, what <laughs> you're, people are talking you're about. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Everybody has their own thing. <laughs> I would say that, you know, I don't really have a a criticism about the show outside of cuz I think we're just so early. If there's one thing I do appreciate that the episodes are short, but also I don't understand why they're that short. You know what I mean? I mean, it, are they are they short? They're, they're yeah, like are they short? 30, they're 39 there's 39 minutes long total runtime so like actually oh. with the long ass andor like intro to, that 36 is 35 minutes there's your you know? criticism why is that so long that they're introducing is long as fuck they're introducing his name like we've all been anticipating this for 40 years i mean it was announced. actually it's funny so that's a fun segue uh, it was announced. People uh, have been a few a while ago, and I, when I first heard the show was announced, I was like, "Why am I going to give a shit about that character? Like, he was in one movie. There's he wasn't even like a particularly likable character in it. And uh, they all die at the end. And they all die in the end. Sure. And then, like I said, Andor is my favorite Star Wars show so far. So, well, that's not a. Let's be honest. That's not a high bar. You like, watched Mandalorian, Mandalorian, right? The Mandalorian, yeah. The first season of The Mandalorian, I think, is still the best. The yeah, best. Um, I like, think Mand- there have uh, been how many others, and they've all been pretty crap. For Star Wars shows, there's been two yeah. seasons of The Mandalorian, one season of The Book of Boba Fett, and one season of Obi Wan. Wow. Okay, so my perspective is that there's like 400 of them, and I hate them. But that's just because I don't um, really the next much care. Series, for I mean, that, I'm just talking about live action. Yeah, um, I figured. 
And then the next one's coming out is going to be Mandalorian season three. And I, then I believe Ahsoka. And then I'm not Who? sure where Acolyte falls into the, into the. What? You see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like I, there's so many of these and I don't know what they are, but that's mostly because <laughs> that's, I'm not engaged. Well, you know who Ahsoka is, right? Darth no. Vader's it's Darth Vader's apprentice. Uh, before who? before he it's it's actually it's Anakin Skywalker's apprentice, which doesn't make sense because yeah I'm I'm confused. What are we talking about? He wasn't a master, so how did he get an apprentice? Well, don't they address that when they introduce Ahsoka, where they're like, yeah, this is like a little unorthodox, but we think you need someone to bounce you out. I don't know. I didn't what, actually watch. Where was this? Yeah, where was this done? Clone Wars, I believe, was her first instruction. Oh, it's that character. Okay. She was in uh, Mandalorian season two as well. I did. I'm sorry. I did not watch Mandalorian. You've watched any of the Mandalorian? I saw season one. Okay. Oh, that's me. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably all you need to see. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cause I was, I was like, I'm good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's just not my, not my thing. Felt like it felt, most of the series felt pretty aimless. It felt just like, all right, we're in this place with the baby and the Mando, and uh, we're going to do well, some kinda... unrelated task. It's not going to matter. And That's true. And it's over. I, mean, I, th- I do think that that is, a, that is a very brutalist description of the episodes. Uh, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. I don't think you're I- incorrect. I think what I liked about it was that it wasn't, that it wasn't a prequel of a prequel of a prequel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> what I also liked about it was that it wasn't sequel prequel to a prequel sequel. Uh, like, like, oh god, like, I did like not Boba follow Fett. that. So, Boba oh, Fett yeah. is a sequel. That was painful to the the Star Wars movie where Boba Fett dies, but as a prequel so, to the Return other the Star Jedi. Wars movies. I don't know them that well. I'm just um, saying that for myself. Yeah. And then what is the other Star Wars stuff that came out? Oh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. The no, I mean the battle. TV, TV uh, show, TV shows, TV uh, shows. Uh, that's it. In the most, in the modern era. Oh, in the modern one? I think that it... you've said most of them. Oh, there's Kenobi, which is oh, just yeah. a prequel Holy... to a prequel to a prequel. Holy fuck, Kenobi. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Oh, don't it's shit. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Kenobi was okay, but Kenobi's also I a didn't. sequel to a prequel. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 a, a prequel sequel. What? What is it? My dog is starting to. Anyway, um, oh, she's uh, she's found us. She knows what we're up to. Yeah, she she she, she kicks the door in. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's like, it's, son of a bitch. You told me sil- you weren't doing this anymore. <laughs> it's, it's silhouetted. <laughs> back, back. She's somehow hunched over and standing up at the same time. <laughs> Bipedal. Uh-huh. Yeah, just like, fuck you, Brent. We were supposed to go for a walk. Knocks yeah. down the door. Here's doggy. You know what I would be interested? In? <laughs> nice. I mean, I mean, we're, we're. I think this is enough content, to be honest with you. I think this is enough. We've yeah. like not for the episode to end, but for it to be its own standalone thing. Leave all of this in. But what I will ask for is, Dane, before we continue, how about you give us just like a quick, like your overall thoughts on it? Obviously, we we can tell that you lean towards it positively, and then give it a max score. 
Ooh. Yeah, so like I said, I think I've iterated three times now. I think it's the best of the Star Wars live action series. I think it helps bring the Star Wars media franchise into modern storytelling and focusing on really kind of relevant uh, temporal themes. That's the word I'm looking for. Like, what's the word like for like stuff going on right now? Contemporary uh, themes. Temporary. You know, Lucas got inspiration from like Romans, the Roman Empire, and also based a lot of the imperial stuff based on like uh, fascist Nazis and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there's always been a bit of history in Star Wars storytelling, but Cassian in particular, to spoil anything, but it really touches upon imperialism. It touches upon the exploitation of lib- labor in, in prison. Oh it touches, yeah, it touches upon a lot of really interesting stuff, and I think, I think you can consume it on two different levels. There are people that watch it as like, oh, look, there's this is like a cool thriller series that has like all these like interesting characters, and then you can watch it like me and be like, oh shit, this is like a very pro. Uh, I mean, there's honestly there's like a pro cap uh, communism theme in it, honestly, um, and kind huh. of how an alternative to fascism, really the counter to it uh yeah. and so i mean overall I, I mean i out of 80 maxes i give it 80 maxes you know oh that's that's a very perfect, glowing review perfect score wow i mean truly i mean there's some i think i think a lot of the criticism can be kind of leveraged against these earlier episodes because as adam has alluded to there is kind of like a lot of moving pieces that they really don't spend a lot of time on. It's kind of moving from set piece to set piece very quickly. But I think by episode four and five, it hits a good stride. And once you get in, and, and the other thing is that the story is very Andor focused at the moment, but it does expand out to other characters. It's really, really good. I have, I have a serious question. I've noticed this about the streaming era. Is it really okay for a series to have like, two or three bad episodes right out of the gate. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't say they're bad. I would just say, you know, that, but you know what I mean? But like when the yeah. excuse is like, Oh, you just have to get to episode eight for you. Like, yeah. Is that oh, I think, really I think, okay? I think, I think when, I think when you, when you're a streaming show and you're not necessarily reliant on getting high viewership early, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, you're pi- not wait, you're, you're not relying on the weekly. Yeah, structure. like you're 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 really cued into watch time. So if something is good enough to get you hooked into the next episode, it doesn't live or die by like the like standard television worked on a like massive like your mass your first the first part of your show needs to be huge. So that you can experience like a twenty to thirty percent drop and still have the numbers that you need for advertisement to be that makes sense. And then and then you want to ideally have a uh, a valley where it's down a downward trend and then maybe an upward spike near the end, developing like to get interest for your next season and also because then you can sell particularly juicy ads or whatever at the season finale. But so for streaming stuff. They don't really care how well something does initially. What they want is legs, right? So if if something is just good enough, right, or is maybe even a little uh, okay, bit, conf- yeah. a little bit, conf- yeah, 
a little bit confusing even so that you might be more inclined to stay around. Just let it, let the next episode roll. Yeah. But I get, I guess this is really just a problem of Adam's an old man now and does, has very limited time. So in my free time, I don't want to like, take chances i guess um, yeah i mean because i'm just I like totally... this first episode i don't like it i don't i don't think i'm gonna watch any more of it i totally agree with you i mean i think i think that as i get older and also you know i don't want to i don't want to put words in your mouth but like you know age and then also maybe certain types of you know energies or mental spaces uh. can definitely foster like if I don't know this is good, then what am I doing? Um, yeah, no, that that's pretty accurate. So I, I definitely feel that way, like often, right? Like I, where I, there's there's so much, there's there's too much to consider. There's way too much. Yeah. To, for the record, though, I don't think Andor qualifies in that. I'm just talking about streaming in general. I think Andor gotcha. does have the hook, so I'm good with it. But like, I'm talking about like all the concepts of streaming. Sorry, Forrest, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I think in general, streaming does give, um, uh, it does give series a way of like taking more chances because it's not like you have, it's not like you're only going to watch like one episode that's on syndication and you happen to catch it. Like they can, they can build the story. But then some, I think it's something, I think it was something Brent said. The, like if there's a little bit, if you're like unsure of a series, but there's a little bit of a mystery, it can catch you. And I really hate that because it keeps, I keep falling for these series where there's a little bit of a mystery. So I keep watching and then it turns out that the mystery was like either nonsense or like, yeah, was bad. That's, <laughs> I, that's I feel always like, what's it like crushes my soul when that happens. I'm like, Oh. Yeah, and I feel like that is way more prevalent now with streaming because it it works with the mechanics of the services, right? Um, because like I don't know, like there's been a couple of series where I really felt burned on as they went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are a little more childish, things like Fate on Netflix or, jeez, oh, I mean uh, quite a few of the Disney series, all of the Marvel stuff that I actually watched like loki did that to me where i was just like uh oh so we're just setting up the multiverse and that's the whole purpose of the show and it's not actually going anywhere right well as someone who's consumed it all um and i think adam we have some some more political opinions and i think you are a um very savvy consumer of media i think you would get a lot out of andor if you gave it a little more time Oh, I, I agree. Again, all of this commentary is not about Andor. Uh, I, ironically, even though this episode is supposed to be about it, I'm just talking about like how I feel about streaming services. And I just wanted oh, I to thought, po- I thought you said No, I was just literally... Di- no, no, I like Andor. I think it, oh. it did have the energy I want to I follow. Like, I was really oh, fascinated by... No, no, it's fine. It's But like I like where they're going with it, with the police angle. I like really want to see how they play that out. I don't necessarily care about the main character yet because he's kind of underdeveloped, but we were only two episodes in, but the story is compelling enough for me to be like, well, yeah, one more episode, <laughs> but I was really just positing like streaming. I was put like, I have a problem with streaming services lately. I haven't really watched TV until this weekend when y'all were like, you want to watch something? And I was like, all right. 
Like it's the first time I've really sat down to watch something in quite a while. And when you turn it on, you saw through the matrix. You said, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the zeros and ones were everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. actually consumed a lot of media this weekend also. Um, so we'll talk about it. What, what yeah. You, what have you yeah. been watching? So, yeah, so sure. So, um, I, I guess I'm a big Disney stand now. Um, uh, <gasps> I saw the uh, I saw like a, a you know the, the thing for Willow, which is apparently oh, like yeah. a series sequel to the late '80s the movie film, that I've yeah. never seen. Have you guys ever oh, seen dude, Willow? Oh man, it's a, it's one it's my one of my favorite movies. It is <laughs> twisted. Yeah, it's one of those early like Dark Crystal labyrinth weird ass movies. They're so it's so awesome. <laughs> you watched OG. You watched OG Willow. Yes, I watched the OG Willow so that I could then watch the new series, which has two episodes out so far. And it's it's I think it's like a young adult sort of series, but I actually really enjoy it. And it's got uh, I it's got some good humor in it as well. Yeah. Is it Del, is it Del Kilburn Willow? Yeah, he is. He's uh one of the no, he's, he's in Willow. He plays Mad Madigan. Mad's yeah. Mad's Madigan. Mads Mardigan, I think, but yeah. he's in the original film, yes, not in the Willow, TV series. Yeah, Willow is played by Warwick Davis. Yeah, I knew that. I mean, that's... Yeah, he's reprising his role as Willow. Yes. I didn't realize this, but apparently Val Kilmer has been dealing with, like, throat cancer shit, like, in the, like yeah, since 2015. Yeah, he's not doing and... great. Well, I think yeah. he's cancer-free now, but he, like, can't really speak and stuff, I guess. I well, that makes sense, yeah. unfortunately. What's think? What do you think is better so far, the TV show or the movie? I know obviously there's only two episodes. <sighs> there's so out. there's so different. It's really hard to compare. Like I said, uh, so like Willow kind of has like the labyrinth vibe um, as like a kind of like fun fantasy movie for kids. It's like a grim fairy tale, really dark and kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but and then like the show is definitely like a more young adult kind of. I've read that it's got kind of like um, Riverdale kind of vibes to it, I guess, you know, kind of like a Gen Z thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but hmm. um, have you ever, I guess, you know what you, you saying that makes me want to go watch Willow because that can't that, be me true. too. That can't. Yeah. Be true. I want to go see and this. I, and I'll tell you why, because Riverdale is the wildest, craziest <laughs> fucking show <laughs> I have. You, I have are you still watching that, Brent? <laughs> yeah, I'm up to date. I'm waiting for this oh last season with bated breath. <laughs> you don't understand. 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 Buffy the Vampire okay. Slayer. Come pull up. Is a is a show about vampires being slain okay so when they decide to go apocalypse spirits magic it's all kind of several degrees of bacon from where where they started right you're still in the breakfast menu there riverdale starts out as a teen drama in the real world and by the most recent season they have explored alternate realities. They have explored what? witch, like magics, the devil, multiple incarnations of just 
the be it takes place in the same universe as Sabrina, the Dark Adventures of Sabrina, right? Superpowers, but that's after the fact. <laughs> after the fact, Adam. That's after the fact. The first Maybe. three seasons of this show are just teen murder mystery dramas. And then suddenly, and then they just they just were suddenly like, "What if aliens?" And yeah, what if also- magic? Well, they always did this thing where they were like, "There's, there's a, there's the I fucking forgot what is there's, there's a, a goblin in the forest. There's a goblin king, right? And it's like this giant, like like Princess Mononoke forest spirit demon, right? Oh god! But then, but it's secretly a dude in a mask. Like that's the gimmick, right? So it's the supernatural oh. thing. But then, but then, but then. But then there actually is a goblin king. But and then there is someone but, was impersonating him. No, but then there's like um there's like a bomb goes off under Archie's bed, and the bomb the bomb sends ripples through space and time. And oh, a good. The bomb is magic. And a different <laughs> alternate reality version of Jughead has is hearing stories from different alternate realities of Riverdale in a place called Rivervale and is writing all of those stories down and then vice versa is communicating to their other version. Also, there's parts. It's insane. It ha- it is in fucking and that one of the is characters. Exactly what one Willow's of, like. One of the characters <laughs> becomes an angel. Becomes an angel. Is like, literally? An actual like, like God of Abraham angel. Like <laughs> <laughs> how does that even happen? Okay. I don't really want to know. <laughs> oh my god. There's no fucking way Willow's like Riverdale. It's not there's not a <laughs> You don't you don't even know. You don't even know. It could be Okay. It only has what how many episodes does it have, Dane? One? Two so far. Aha. So there you go. The New cliff comes out Wednesday. The cliff that the cliff that Willow would have to have driven off of. <laughs> Within the first <laughs> six seconds, first, first ten minutes, <laughs> for it to have caught up to this insane fever cocaine dream of a show called Riverdale. <laughs> oh I'm glad you're God. still watching that because I love checking in with you about it. <laughs> I always there's do. A, there's a line anyway. It doesn't. And I. I <laughs> woo! Well, uh, tell us now. I gotta know. There's a line where Archie. It's this, in the same show where Archie goes to prison, and. In, in the prison football yard says to a prisoner, to a, a, a cellmate, you, uh, then you've never, ex- like in, re- in, in to refute a point, he says, then you've never experienced the highs and lows of high school football, okay? Okay. Seriously, delivers this line, right? As if it's... True. True. That same show, Archie, not 16 or 24 episodes later, is bulletproof and has a weakness to poli- like a special type of unobtainium metal only found in Riverdale. This is the same <laughs> fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It still sounds like the Marvel universe to me, but I know it's what you're going for. It's a musical episode every season. It's wild. <laughs> I'm glad you like it, buddy. <laughs> oh, I hate I hate it so much. No, you uh, don't. You love it. You clearly love it. Other than that, I've been playing Dark Tide, uh, which is a, a at a uh, a four person cooperative shooting 
roguelike type game with the with the the whisper like the LaCroix of Destiny uh, in it. So that's frustrating, but it's 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 okay because it's not enough Destiny. Like it's not good at the things that Destiny does it at all. So it doesn't trigger me in that way. What what mm. would you say Destiny's good at? Because I did not enjoy that game very much. So Destiny's great at a couple of things. Um, like in the unironic, genuine compliment sense, I think the shooting, like the feel of Destiny um, in terms of the combat loop is very refined. It, it is, it is you know, Bungie really took all of the lessons that they learned making the good halos and uh, delivered on a very excellent shooting, like that experience. Um, There's a lot to be said about the quality of the aesthetics. Although I do think that that is largely kind of bland. I think that their, that their fantastical elements are very flat, Uh, but that's almost like a broad audience appeal type of thing. Hmm. Uh, The things that destiny does very well in a, in a shitty fucked up way is create a treadmill. Uh, oh yeah. So that's, you, that's why I didn't like that game. <laughs> yeah. And the things that destiny are, is struggling with even to this day, granted I'm not a destiny two player because I could, I, 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 yeah, I saw it in my bones. What was going to happen, you know, is that they have, they have this treadmill, but there's no way to, to on ramp or to keep somebody on that treadmill in a sustainable, it's the same. Look, it's the same thing that MMOs, you know, learn. Oh, yeah. There's no way to to have a game like that that doesn't evolve and then by virtue of it evolving and changing, limit the audience scope to the hardest, like the most hardcore of fans and also still upset those same fans, right? Like, you know, like even when they came out with WoW Classic, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I was actually going to bring that up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wild Classic came out and ostensibly is this, I like, you know, broad market to bring it back to basics, but also, I don't know, the marketing for it has been whatever. I barely, barely reaches my algorithm. But, you know, what has happened is that it's becoming like a speed run thing. You know, there's like a great, there's a great doc, uh, video essayist on YouTube that uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but that really went into this, and it, it became the speedrun thing. Where if you are not playing WoW Classic at the like highest level, then you're not playing, right? You're not. It, it becomes the this thing where if you're not entering sections with the best gear possible, then you're not even at the floor. Uh, oh, so man. it's the, so it's the antithesis to what they had intended, uh, because unfortunately, no matter what you do, if you present a gaming audience or any kind of audience with anything they're going to take it and consume it in the way that they're going to consume it and there is a history like a like a long standing you know tradition of wow tradition a tradition of of any type of game like that where it's min maxi you know what i mean it's coming in and it's fine it's the it's the invisible chest in skyrim on the in that one city where you can like you just find the things and you don't you play a certain type of way because it's the most efficient path the best path the most gear the best like the most light score for destiny it's and and it kills 
any in like any type of like interesting play like oh, you man you're participating it in one way. It's like magic. It's but this is true for every game, right? There's just other games that have it less. It's just like the you, most efficient way to win. Yeah, and and that's what's fun. Which well, is you're just, yeah, not, you're just describing meta and what you need to do in healthy games is introduce changes that change the meta. Yeah, but the the problem is that when you challenge the meta, like they they done they did they did do things like that, right? You, they challenge if you look at WoW, they challenged the meta in multiple different iterations. Obviously, um, you they went from like forty person, eighty person raids to whatever the new, whatever it is now, like twenty. I don't know. Uh, people are unhappy with that change, right? Uh, and then also you adjust the the system and the like the economies that are inside of the game, and then people find new ways to abuse it. And if you are not inside of that meta, if you're not one of the like day stock traders of Destiny meta or WoW meta, then you are disincentivized from playing the game because you can't come in to late game Destiny 2 or current WoW and have a suitable experience without a significant amount of onboarding by people who like you. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you have to find a community. Or uh, you don't have to necessarily find a community. You can follow all of the exact same meta. You just have to do that, follow that path. There's no play for you. You go and find the path of least resistance to get to the current meta so that you can then participate in the day stock trading or, like, the combative nature of player versus designer that is these treadmills. So it's like... Is that fun? Like, is that a game? It, and it sounds like a job. And in and, and, and so many ways that like, you know, you can get Legos and build a kit. Like, that's fine, right? That's good. I'm not going to ever bash anybody. Those kits are like really difficult in their own right. And they're like puzzles and stuff like that. But the what makes Legos so fucking good is that you could get those same pieces and not make the fucking kit. Like do yeah. something, and you're not disincentivized. you want with it. Yeah. You're not disincentivized to do so because you own the shit. It's yours. There's no right way to play with Legos, but there is a right way to play Destiny. There is a right way to play WoW. If you're in WoW and you're playing the first six sections of, you know what I mean, like the like like Burning Crusade, uh, uh, Cataclysm. If you're playing in any of those areas in the current meta you know like what the fuck are you doing all that content is useless pointless and has been outscaled by the most recent content and i I think it's if you look at it from the perspective of these are like capitalist machines and systems like there's no they're not the ultimate there's no way to do this outside of that you have to do it that way and then it just becomes not a game it becomes like a i don't know i don't know what are what are games but just dopamine pumps you know (laughs) True. I mean, that's true. I mean, some people are finding joy in that, right? I'm. Some people love it. You know what I mean? It's just, and I, and I can't really in any in, in in the right. I can't in good consciousness. I can't in good conscience, uh, go. disparage <laughs> those that type of serotonin release in other people. Um, it's just not how I play. You know, it's not my understanding of play. You know, like Magic the Gathering is another example. Dane, I think you play Magic, right? 
I actually have given up Magic, um, but I used to play a lot. Yeah, and I still obviously know a bunch of stuff. So, are you? Did you give? Have uh, you given? Have you given it up because? Ha- have you given it up because of ha- of Hasbro and how it's been handled? Yes, actually, in a way. So, yep. So you. So, so it's funny that you say that. So you have been presented with the current form of play, and what is it? It's mass. It's an oversaturation of releases. In uh, and and uh, and also being able to pay forty dollars for single cards, you know, a system has been produced to make it viable for capitalism, and that system chokes and and kills small businesses, and also makes part of the game, part of the 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 one of the one of the original. Uh, clear like front runners for why this game was good right collection and the random nature and also the synergies that you might build inside of a set over time invalid because there are too many releases they're too frequent there is no scarcity the so what does that incentivize it incentivizes the one white deck that is with the one life gain white deck that is extremely strong built off the back of voice of the blessed or the one green deck that is ramps perfect. There's no more like the fun of you show up at your friend's house and this motherfucker has been building up a deck quietly through booster packs over the course of like six weeks or months or whatever it is. And has this off the wall, not tournament viable strategy that challenges you, (laughs) that surprises you that's gone you know and in and it's in its stead is this like corporate you know gross misunderstanding of what we cared about um and some people are buying into it and i and and they're still happy and i can't blame them for being happy it's just not for me and right. all of that. To- I know you're making a larger point, but like, what I'm a little bit lo- what what's happening in Magic? They just like started printing too many cards or something. Yeah. So like, even as re- like like even um, Bank of America like put out a thing, uh, an assessment of their stock and stuff like that, and it was like, yeah, Hasbro, you're printing out way too much stuff. So like, as an example, they put out um, cards uh, that you can't even play in in like tournaments. Of like reprints of like really old cards, um, for a thousand dollars for like thirty of them, oh, thirty oh anniversary. Yeah, I mean it's just an absolute fucking total cash grab, um, and it's just been going on since. So Wizards of the Coast has always been owned by ha- or has been owned by Hasbro for a long time, but they right. were operating independently for uh, most of that time, and then I, th- I want to say like maybe five, six, maybe even longer years ago. Hasbro started digging their claws in uh, because Wizards of the Coast has always been their big money maker. Um, uh, you know, they, the, the toys just don't make as much money as they used to. Um, right. And so to try to increase profits, they kind of pushed more and more cards to be printed and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. That's not that's surprising, even like, but very disappointing. I mean, even in the framework of like capitalism, that's stupid. I mean, they're going to. Well, they're they're, cashing they're pissing in, off enough people. They're cashing in short-term gain. On, they're cashing in on their built-up goodwill capital, and you know, in the same way, a forest isn't worth anything until it's chopped down to make lumber. So, too, is that goodwill not worth anything to the shareholders until you cash it in? 
Like that's Adam okay, Forrest. Now I think you're worth something. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. They, they are. They you're are, welcome. They are not concerned with the long-term viability of this product because that's going to be someone else's problem to deal with. Right now, they're just so. looking to make dividends. Yeah, short-term gain, long-term loss. That's capitalism's entire mo. It's, well, so. it's one of their many paradoxes for sure. Did you mention? Yeah, did you did you mention the thousand dollar thirtieth anniversary? Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay, I was. I That's what made me it. exclaim in horror. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know, also, it, I, I, it's a. Uh, it, it is an attempt to. It is an attempt to appeal to a certain type of the market. That makes the, the rest of it part the whales, whales right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes the rest of it just not viable. And you so like you're only you ever participating in any kind of game in two ways. Now it's either time or money, especially on these treadmill games. You know, ostensibly in any in Destiny, any kind of thing that you can acquire with money, you could do with time. And I think that that's like largely the case. I don't think they really deal in time monies like time savers and and things like that. They largely deal in cosmetics. Well, yeah, so they've moved to a battle pass system. Um, and so their yeah. seasons have a battle pass that kind of runs concurrently through it. And you can get pretty much all the content on the free pass, but you obviously get more goodies, including uh, premium currency on the paid pass. Um, but I mechanically, just, I, there's really nothing. this whole structure. Missing. Yeah, well, I, mean, I battle like passes. battle pass systems a lot, actually. Battle passes have become the the standard for any game. Like, uh, oh, I know. That's why yeah. I, I don't really play games anymore. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm kind of dreading. I mean, I basically stopped playing anyway. But I'm kind of dreading when in Overwatch Two when they start releasing heroes behind. Um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> behind doors, which I think has already happened. I just haven't noticed because I owned the game before they made that change. How's uh, How's Overwatch Two been treating you? I mean, it's it's the same game. <laughs> well, what do you think of the uh, five man versus six? Five I don't know. I haven't been playing it enough to really have and have like a really like an opinion that's worth listening to. My opinion right now is like, damn, I'm glad I'm not the tank usually <laughs> because they got a lot of stuff to do. Um, I don't know. They just re they changed Arissa around. And I think she's clearly the best, or at least she's the one that I can actually play um, if I have to fill tank role. Um, but, you know, whatever, whoever's a new hero, like Kitago is really, really good right now, but that's because she's new. Um, and I guess Arissa's good because they rebalanced her. Um, but I'm not sure what it's going to feel like after it's been a little bit and there are no more, like, new heroes and they've actually, like, balanced things out. Um, so yeah, T TBD. I don't know, Brent. Do you have like big thoughts about Overwatch? I have tiny thoughts about Overwatch. I think they should have just uh, they should have just called it Overwatch something. They should have just called it. They should have just given it like a subheader, not called it Overwatch Two. Yeah, but they, they had already it. announced it. I think they must have had bigger plans. Yeah, well, they, they, they kind of out, and then that wasn't on launch. So yeah, they shot themselves in the foot calling it Overwatch Two. Uh, you think uh, so? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a whole argument to be made about branding, right? Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, the the 2022 version of the game, came out this year, and Call of Duty Warzone is a is a subsection of that game, 
baked into it, right? But it but it is not called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Warzone. They could have easily done something similar where it's like Overwatch like like Overwatch multiplayer is called Overwatch multi like whatever. And then Overwatch 2 is going to be this 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 PvE content. That it's coming into this game that is like was announced three or four years ago, I want to say, and they have like the same maps. You know what I mean? It does look a little bit prettier, oh, yeah. but it's not that much prettier. It's basically it, just a remaster. It's not even. I would it's a really it's the same game. They dropping the the six tank and making it a solo tank is very is like just change up the flow of the game. And as a main tank, I I am still grappling with what that means for me, but yeah, I don't know. It just I also, feels like a wet noodle fight because you got because the two supports mean that you can just dump so much healing into the tank. Well, they so make. The, go ahead. So sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that. So it just becomes a slap fight between the two tanks, basically. And first tank goes down, loses. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think mm. that's true. But that's that's true. That's true in Overwatch One, though. Do you know what I mean? If you if you're playing Overwatch One with a main tank off tank. And your off tank is like a roadhog, and your main tank is is uh, Reinhardt. If Reinhardt goes down, Roadhog's not keeping that team up. Do you know what I mean? Roadhog is not like Roadhog had a very niche niche gimmick, and it was it was not being driving the being like the tempo setter for the team. Um, now it you find it's I think you're you're right exactly that happened, and on top of that, these other tanks are no longer viable. Outside of like weird niche situations, like even more so than they were before. Like I was a Roadhog main previously, and I could really ride off of other main tanks doing their job and me just being like a disruptor, like actively going in and picking DPS or support. Um, but now Roadhog on his own can't can't tempo set outside of like very specific team comps. So who are you playing? Arisa, and is I mean, anybody playing Roadhog? I I mean I see Roadhog. I think I see Roadhog exclusively as like a counter pick to certain comps, you know, and only for. And I think that's the real that's the new tank meta that we'll find, is that you can no longer main tank any. You can't. You can no longer. You can't one trick anybody. Like if you're going to be a if you're going to be the tank person, you need to be. Sw- I think actively swapping between like Ryan Orisa as their main two and maybe uh i forgot his the new guy ramen or whatever i don't know what he's like yet but swapping between those two and then switching off to different tanks based on the opposing team comp or opposing situations uh you guys have gotten a little inside baseball on me i don't know what we're talking about anymore well yeah yeah it's just it's just adjusting your your the the lineup of your team based on the opposing team but um it's fine. It's not it's as bad. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of those things where I I, I hate everything, recently, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've recently found that I, I I'm less inclined to participate in like aggressive posturing about any piece of thing because it's like I then run the risk of being on the same side of some type of some misogynist asshole. Like, you this, know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta watch out for that. <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot of incels being really mad about Overwatch 2 in a hateful way. So because I there's because there's women in it. 
just because of uh, they're just because they're there's they're all school shooters like i don't know like they're all they're angry just like toxic gamers i think they're so upset that they made tracer a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably you know the, but they're really you know how there's a whole there's a whole like the majority of gamers it almost feels like it like the popular majority not yeah. the not the vocal minority of like your hyper fans, but like the like there's a lot of people who are really grossly toxic, and it's like not, and then you don't want to necessarily agree with those people because what does it say about you? That type of thing, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it. I mean, but it's the whole thing where like these type of people can now have an audience, or like they're now like so visible because of the way the way things are structured online. I, I don't know. I I, I see what because you're saying. The internet. Yeah, yeah, because the internet. Oh, so this uh, this has Dark been about Side, Andor. Dark Side is uh, a yeah. War, Warhammer game. <laughs> Mario, yeah. all, all, of, all of that to say that Dark Side, the Dark Tide is is okay. It's 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 kind of jank, but that's nice. It's nice to see some jank once in a while in a non harmful way. I'm really yeah. sad for anybody who paid forty dollars for it. I don't necessarily even know if it's worth that. I've got it through Game Pass. Uh, uh, I've also watched the Weird Al Yankovic Roku movie. Oh my god, I erased that from my mind, but I watched it too. <laughs> it's really Dude, good. It... Yeah, I highly recommend it as well. It's not. Oh, what okay. I thought when it was you said you be. erased it from your mind, I was like, "Are you so that bad, huh?" <laughs> well, no, it's like a time bomb. Occasionally, it'll like explode back in my face, and I'll I, I experience gotcha. I'll experience joy once again. <laughs> You'll just be like, "Oh right, that weird ass movie I saw." It yeah. does remind me of UHF, like the movie that he made back in the day. It's not that, but there are moments where it's like, I feel like Weird Al had to have been a writer for this movie because there are just certain jokes that are very Weird Al. Uh, like, uh, I can't I can't point to anything specifically, but it's a really fun movie. I would definitely recommend it. Daniel Radcliffe is a, a gem now, like truly. Like this, when he did the gun hands, he played... He played the devil in one movie. I, I just I love that he's so rich. Oh yeah, his mm-hmm. acting career has become infinitely better now that he's out of the HBs. Yeah, that he's so rich that he just does things that are cool and fun for him. Yeah, I really like him as a villain in uh, Now You See Me Too. Yeah, wasn't he's he, wasn't he also a villain in? He was also a villain. Wasn't he also a villain in the second Kingsman movie or something? No, I think he's a villain in that new Sandra Bullock movie with uh, Ch- uh, with a uh, Cheetah Channing. I believe he's a villain in that. Um, I forgot what that movie's called. I don't know. I don't think any of us know. Yep, it will remain a mystery. All right, real quick. I've been playing this game about a month ago. <laughs> Signalis. It's like a eight-ish hour game, tennis hour game, survivor horror. Good things about oh, it. Um, it's surreal as hell. Like you're in a spaceship. You're trying to find your. Uh, you you play as okay. So you play as this replica who is like a maybe an android. Not quite sure. And you're on the spaceship with a human pilot. You wake up after you crash land on the uh, on the planet. The pilot's gone. You're trying to find her because you and her have some kind of like psychic bond um, huh. and you're exploring space for the empire. Um, you find a giant hole in the earth. You go down the hole, 
you see a tunnel in the hole, which is another hole. You look in that hole. Suddenly, you're in another room. Like things like this just keep happening. You you look somewhere. Two thousand one space the, odyssey. Right. You look in a, you look at a photo, and then you're in a dream, and then you're in a mountain. Um, the mechanics of the game. It's a it's a hard. It's like a Silent Hill type. Uh, intentionally low poly. 3d camera above you you're aiming your gun around you're picking up things you're solving puzzles um i really really like this game because it's so freaking weird um two problems though it's kind of mechanically clunky it's a lot of like the actual game part of the game is a lot of like checking your map and being like oh i guess i picked up this thing for this part of the puzzle and i have to run like three floors up and they do that so that it feels creepy and it feels like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. But after a certain point, you're like, I actually do know exactly what's going on. <laughs> and I know how to solve <laughs> oh, no. this puzzle, but I can't find this one key. And I'm running through all like four floors that are available to me right, me, right now because I'm trying to find this key. So be prepared for that kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing that I can't let uh be unsaid is that there's a lot of like weird orientalism going on in this game and like a cyberpunk kind Uh-oh. of way um so i don't love that i like i don't know I, I don't know what to say about that exactly other than like it's pretty obvious and i don't think the people who made this game are like conscious of that <laughs> um oh but uh there's a lot to like about this game uh, watch, you know, watch like a little Let's Play. It's a very short game. I think if you watch a little bit of it, you'll get a feel for whether it'll be like your shit or like exactly not yours uh, type of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, Signalis, give it a try. It'll probably be on Game Pass eventually. <laughs> it's that kind of game. Um, so yeah. Cool. And it's on, I think it's basically on all platforms, PlayStation 4 and 5, uh, Switch, PC, uh, probably xbox yeah oh wow that is pretty much everything yep also all immortal- right also immortality anyway Do- i want to know what adam's on- been consuming me too oh oh why <laughs> um <laughs> late, lately i i picked up the newest god of war uh which i have been enjoying very thoroughly since it's a major deviation the both the Basically, all of the ones taking place in the Norse pantheon are a major deviation from what was going on in the Greek pantheon games. It's a very well made game. They do a lot of interesting things with aesthetics and the choices they're making about how they want to represent the various gods is quite entertaining. I But really, the core of what makes it a great set of games is the relationship between Kratos and his son and the way that is continuing to develop over both the courses of uh, the first game and this game. I really do highly recommend it. It's one of the few game franchises still pumping out reliably fun games to play, in my opinion. What I've heard about this game is that it's got surprisingly deep side quests. Like, you could yes. end up investing, like, but it, they're not, like, sh- I mean deep as in like actually interesting not just like yeah big time wasters <laughs> no 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 deep as in like you will want to play the side quests because they tell interesting tales that fit into an overall narrative like you can avoid them and you'll play the main story and you won't miss out on what happens with kratos and atreus but it you will get so much more out of it if you actually explore the world that they've built for you it's it's 
a very well made game. Though I am not that good at combat type games, so I always play on easy mode. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, uh, Breastplate, you don't want to, you know, sometimes you just want to play a game. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just don't, I don't want to struggle. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I don't, I don't get the thrill of the, the Souls games or Elden Ring. I, that doesn't appeal to me. You I know, find suffering to be unappealing. You know, it, you know, I agree with you. I I would have agreed with you. I probably have on this podcast agreed with you. And then I played Elden Ring. And I think Elden Ring just happened to be the right one of those games. And now I'm like, yeah, this is fine. I get it. I get it now. Yeah. I, and I get it. it but it's just not for me. It's just not going to be for me. And And weirdly enough, even though even when I was anti-Souls games, I was still... I was not a fan, not a fan of that, but I've always been a glutton for punishment. In like, <laughs> if we're like, if we're like ten losses deep in Halo or in Overwatch, I'm always ready for another one. I'm always, <laughs> no. I got one more in see, me. See, no, ready for that redemption no, I arc. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not. Uh, that's not my personality. I can't handle that. I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I just try not to let. I think it's because it's a multiplayer game, and I try not to let those losses bother me, because I know that it's that that there's, there's another. There's more human, to blame than you. <laughs> well, that there's another human being on the other end of that screen who might take joy in my failure. This allows me from experiencing the pain of that failure. Like you won't, you won't get that from me, buddy. Not me. Oh, not, not, I, I was, I was thinking you were going with like a humanist perspective, where it's like, oh, as long as somebody's getting joy out of this, it's worth doing. No, you were going with the fuck you version. <laughs> <laughs> Both yeah. are good, but I wasn't sure which way you're going with it. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been. We should cut this soon, but I've been thinking, I've been thinking about optimistic nihilism a lot recently. Uh, um, uh, those two things are considered mutually exclusive, so do no, no, tell. No, it's, no, it's where the idea is. Where, where the idea that nothing has value is freeing and that you should, it's, it's like, because nothing has value, why not choose kindness? Why not choose uh. the, the, why? There's no, there is nothing that prevents you from doing the, the kind thing, the positive have you, thing. Have you been watching Everything Everywhere All at Once? I have not seen that movie yet. Oh man, that's like okay. You should probably watch it now, because if yeah. that's what your whole vibe has been lately, it's definitely the movie for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the vibe I have to take because I can't, I can't divorce myself from. I cannot divorce myself from how uh, flat I feel often. You know, uh, like I, I'm, I'm. And this is a pop culture podcast, and I've talked. I did a long rant earlier, so I'm going to try to keep this succinct. That I often feel like 48% of the time I'd rather not be here, and 52% of the time I'm good with being here. Uh, it's hard to, to separate that from my identity, so I can't move away from that. Nothing has value. There's no purpose. But I also want to choose to be nice. I want to be happy. That stuff makes me. Like being kind to other people makes me feel good and there has to be some value there. So if there is no intrinsic value, then I must provide the value. So why not be good? Why not be nice? That was actually very well summarized. Good job. Ooh. 
<laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to no, Pop you Culture. You got to do it like Inc. the Andor version. You need a lo- much larger buildup. Uh, no. We need to get somebody with a That's you should We need to get somebody with a hammer and an anvil in order to pull that off. No, the opening sequence where it's just like this like uh, No, I know. But our version would be like a really drawn out hammer sequence. Do they say Andor at the end of that? Is it a drawn out into Andor or is it just no. a sound that they're making? It's just a sound. Oh my you God. could reach us. You could reach us at popculturecake at gmail.com. I don't know if anyone's checked that email in a while. Uh, <laughs> I logged in once recently, I, just to make sure I could. <laughs> other other nice. than that, we don't have any socials. Uh, if you know, if you listen to this, you probably know one of us. If you want to sponsor an episode, you can. You get to listen to it early and name it if you'd like. Uh, other than that, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Just in case gold. you don't miss a bit, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, don't miss a thing. Can't miss the bit. And I don't want to miss a bit. <laughs> oh, you got Even me, when man. I close and cast. Oh, my God. It's not getting, it's not getting you better. Gotta, I don't like then you rhyme. I really wanted to go for the high notes. Well, then you got to roll. <laughs> what's, I, I don't know what the next, I don't know what the next line is. But Yeah, you, me neither. That's a problem. Even when I close and cast, I hope this moment will last because... I miss you, baby. I don't want to miss well, a thing. You, you're like you're like performing this in karaoke, but you're also a hostage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You guys oh, are on TikTok, I don't think, but there's this like new filter, or, like audio thing that make it's so weird because like normally. Uh, like an audio one will like do something to your voice and like make it a higher pitch or make it like really deep and like you can tell like more masculine voices from like more feminine voices or whatever but there's something about this modulator that makes everyone sound exactly the same like it's able to like it like modifies it, just, it like, and like neutralizes things like, yes yes huh. hmm. um, i don't know if i i don't know if i like that yeah i don't i forgot where i was going with that but um Yes. That's, I mean, doesn't have to go anywhere. That could be the whole story. That's yeah, the man. Story. Sometimes people just hang out and talk. <laughs> no, they don't. What fantasy world yeah. are you living in? <laughs> in our world, our conversations are part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We were born in the podcast. What's, uh, so what are we, we're, we're talking about Andor today, right? Yeah, and and we're feel... just talking about the first two episodes. Probably, think, since that's, that's what most of us have seen. Upon. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can talk about. Yeah, I get the feeling there might be a Forest's uh, play corner. I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. What's a Forest yeah. play corner? What? I don't know. He <laughs> talked about something yesterday about being like, has anybody been doing this thing? And then I was like, uh... No, it was just a game. Andor, and, then, and then playing, and then yeah, what we're playing, what we're doing, that type of thing. Yeah, like yeah. uh, yeah, we usually wrap up our discussions of whatever we're doing. Yeah, then... Forest's Play Corner. That's what it's called. You guys don't remember the segment title? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Are you gaslighting me? Are we gonna have an Adam's gaslighting section? I yeah, um, I that. have been known to do that, or have I? Ha ha ha! sound like a friend, like a Frenchman. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
you gaslight her. Oh. It's it's the word of the year, apparently. That's not surprising. No, it's not. Oh. Yeah, gaslight is the word of the year. Are you gaslighting me about that? He absolutely is. I I'm think not. the gaslighting is supposed to be you denying that it's the word of the year. You can't gaslight the gaslighter. Marion right. Webster, America's oldest dictionary publisher, has chosen gaslighting in its word of the year. BBC Why would this, is the source. That's a weird... Okay, whatever. I guess that's something people who have nothing better to do get to do. Well, the, the searches for the word have spiked 1,700%. Oh, so they base it on some sort of metric? I don't not just like know what they don't they pluck it out it of the they pluck it out of the sky being like, I like this word. Yeah, they use word science. Word science? Mm-hmm. I think that's called linguistics. Oh, I'm, I have reports that the word of the year is goblin mode. I've also had reports of this. That's why I wasn't going to say anything. Well, there's but different I was worried dictionaries, I was... so, you know. That's true. Yeah. It could Ox- be the Oxford English. Oxford English Dictionary said that the word of the is goblin mode? Yes. It's not oh, a word, they, though. That's oh, because, a, it's two words. Because it's up for public vote. That's mm, why. Vo- what, okay. Why are that's, we voting that's on what. goblin mode? No, that's what, what I'm saying is that it won because Oxford picked its word based on public vote. Oh, like Bodie McBoatface? Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, what you do don't you, know Bodie McBoatface? You've got to know about Bodie McBoatface. What the fuck is that? What are you talking about? Just you Google can. Bodie McBoatface. Are you gaslighting us? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I he's got know. Google. I don't know what this is. I'm not going to Google Oh, it. it's a thing. Okay. I believe you that it's a thing. I'm just not going to Google it. Uh, it was I believe Forrest that you're they, gaslighting me. They named a naval research vessel by popular vote, and they the write-in choice won as Bodie McBoatface. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. The other choices weren't as good, but they were definitely crasser. I feel like, is that, if anything, that's proof of... Who, who's chair? Who's chair? Who's chair? Who's chair, can't, who's chair squeaking so much? Sorry, I had it. I, sorry. What, why Why did you lose your shit? <laughs> we're I don't fine. know. I feel like that chair was talking trash about me. I feel like that chair was... Oh. <laughs> you know how oh, verbal okay. it was? It was I, did, I mean, real... I did hear it. I, it was I talking mad shit about me. You Dane, specifically? Tell your chair, Dane, tell your chair if we have beef that I'm a fucking vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> Dane, well, this is all podcast gold, obviously. Yeah, it's all going in. And then there was silence. Yeah. <laughs> I speak. 